Bet online because the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. Washington Commanders make the West Coast trip to take on the Seattle Seahawks this Mm. Sunday. You can catch our live play-by-play and commentary on this channel, YouTube, right here. So make sure you do that. If you're listening to us on one of your favorite audio platforms, make sure you hop on over to our YouTube channel, sub up there after you give us a rating on whichever audio platforms you are listening to. Washington had a good performance against the NFC, you know, leading team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Then they come out, put it together a decent performance against the New England Patriots. Now, the New England Patriots aren't world beater stunner. They only have two wins on the record book. Yep. Seattle, a much better team, playoff team from last year. You mentioned in the warm-up defense, not as good as it has been in years past. This offense has some scary players that uh, you love and dote on, and one of those is, as Jared mentioned, DK Metcalf. Mm. Uh, who's ca- who's covering DK? Well, I don't know. Let's just ask the teams that they've played beforehand because he has not been lighting it up this year. Well, I mean, look, let, let's break down Seattle a little bit. Let's talk about who they are, what they've done, and there's some surprising things when I did my deep dive on them. Uh, here the last couple of days they're not as good as i kind of thought that they were just from the outside again we don't know these other teams until it's time to play them and we can start checking out who they played look at some of the film look at stats and all that they're not actually that good of a team they're five and three record i wouldn't say it's fraudulent because they have a little paper tiger teams yeah it's, it's a little bit of paper tiger they beat detroit on the road Okay, Detroit's a, obviously a darn good team. They beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's got a fantastic defense, the number one defense in the league. But other than that, and and those are quality, quality wins. So I don't want to take that away from them. But they've also beat Arizona, the New York Giants, and the um, uh, which the, the Carolina. Those are their other three wins, three yeah. of the dregs. And, and I get Washington is only beaten one of the dregs. The yeah. Too, but, <laughs> Well, I get that, but they've lost to, and they've lost to some good teams as well. They've lost to the Bengals and the Ravens, and they have lost to the Rams, but that was before kind of the Rams had all their injuries. So uh, just kind of looking at that, they're a pretty decent team, but let's talk about their offense first. I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, those are three quality receivers. 
they can't touch our three receivers in terms of stats. Geno's numbers are down this year, big time. Is he regressing to, you know, to the mean? Is he regressing to what he's been for the last 10 years? Because last year was obviously a huge year and he got the big contract for it. But as he kind of come down, because, I mean, DK Metcalf has 28 catches this year. 28. You know who also has who has 28, at least 28 for Washington? Well, Terry McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, Logan Thomas, all four of those guys have at least 28 or more than that mm-hmm. for DK Metcalf. Um, so, but I mean, he does still have his uh, 16.2 yards per catch average, which is massive. It's a big one, but he's got two touchdowns. So I don't know who's going to cover him specifically. We got to hope that Jack Del Rio figures this out. There's there's nothing there that says he's going to figure it out. He hasn't really figured it out much this year, but you got to hope that he will because uh, on paper, when you look at those names, those are scary receivers, those three guys. But Geno Smith has just not been as good this year. I mean, last week against Baltimore, I don't know if anybody watched any of that Baltimore game. That offense for Seattle was putrid. Ugly. Yeah, Baltimore has a good defense, but, I mean, sure, what they put together against Seattle was brutal. I mean, brutal. They Seattle couldn't do anything. That was that was uh, by far Seattle's worst game. And and you're right, Gino. It's kind. Of, he's kind of an enigma, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy who had a good rookie year for a rookie. I mean, not great. I mean, he threw 21 interceptions to 12 touchdowns. So I'm not saying he had a, you know, a great year by any means. But I mean, he had something you thought you could potentially build off of in New York. All right. But then he never amounts to anything. And then he got stole in the face. Yeah. Didn't didn't some, uh, didn't the linebacker steal him? Huh? Didn't he stole him right in the face? Isn't that what the kids say? Oh, the kids say somebody gets stole. My goodness. Uh, Broke his stars. He was out for the year. Yeah. 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 And, and he, he just never amounted to anything until he gets to Seattle. He does a great job in the four games in 21. And then he has this amazing resurgence. And everybody Big talks time. about the, the, the comeback that he had to be able yeah. to do this almost 10 years into the league yeah. of being not the QB. All of a sudden he's just like, he's throwing up 4,000 yards. He's throwing 30 touchdowns, so only 11 interceptions. And yeah. he's looking like a franchise QB QB. And get, like you said, getting that contract. But now we're seeing more of the reason why he wasn't sure QB one. And I'm not saying he's not, being a good QB this year, he's being more than serviceable for the, uh, he's been, right. he, he's been all right. Yeah. But I mean, he does only have nine touchdowns, seven yeah. interceptions on the year. So he, you're right. He's not lighting it up. I don't know that that offense is designed to light it up is the thing. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Eric Bianami would pass the ball on every, every play if he could. Right. Pete Carroll sure. would run the ball on every play if he could. <laughs> and he has, yeah. much to the detriment of his team and trophy yeah. uh, case there. Uh, yeah, and D- uh, Ted from DME Mess Hall mentioned in this, yeah, 11, 11 interceptions and 22, seven so far. I mean, the, he's just not been very good, yeah, and this offense good. isn't very good. And you're talking about yeah. the running game being what they hinge on, and they have a couple good guys, okay? Kenneth Walker, 
to go with Geno Smith's running and Zach Charbonnet, uh, who I probably just butchered his name. They're not world beaters. They're fine. If Washington could make them one-dimensional and force this into Geno's hands, I like mm-hmm. Washington's chances. Yeah, well, and Washington's been okay against the run stoner. There's been a couple, a couple breakdowns. We saw that last week against the Patriots, but outside of that, they've been fairly solid against the run. So yeah. this is a puncher's chance, and and I loved the stats. Thanks, Dominique, for for this one. Washington seven and one on the road against yep. Seattle. Yep, in the regular season. Make sure we yeah, regular clear season. that up. There's I a reason why I hate them in the playoffs. I, I hate them. And that's the re- that's two. the biggest reason why I yeah. hate them. Is we yeah. just can't beat them. They end our season in the playoffs too many times. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. But they're they're uh, you know, we usually think about Seattle as what as an excellent running team and a stout defense. But if you just kind of look at their numbers, not their advanced analytics, sorry, I'm going by the basic stats. They're 25th in yards for defensively given up 25th. They're 20th in passing given up 21st in rushing and 22nd in points. They're bottom third defensively in just about all the major statistical categories. And then their offense, nothing to brag about 20th in yards per game, 19th in passing. 23rd in rushing, 17th in scoring. They're just, you look at their basic stats, they're not great. Look at Geno's stats, not great. Look at the receiver's stats, not great. Look at the running back stats, not great. So there's nothing, they're not the same old Seahawks that they've been over the course of Pete Carroll's tenure there. That's just not them this year. And I think it is largely part because of their defense is not great, but also because Geno Smith is not having that year. I mean, he's thrown nine touchdowns. They've all been the receivers. So you don't have to really worry about the tight ends. You don't have to worry about the running backs in terms of uh, in the passing offense because he goes to his receivers when it's time to get a touchdown. And if you know that, then hopefully you can defend that a little bit better. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, we are up to the task. Yam, however, waking up in Japan and choosing violence uh, answering the question, can the Washington Commanders repeat their performance against the Seattle Seahawks? Saying no, not with Jack Del Rio's defense. So he doesn't think Jack Del Rio's defense is up to the task. TJ telling us, though, why don't you reuse the Ravens blueprint? It's that simple. Stoner, well, you like to tell us all the time how simple this game is. Is it yeah. this simple? Yeah, it should be this simple. But the problem is Eric Bieniemy will not do that. He will not run the ball. That's what the Ravens did. The Ravens just ran, ran, ran. Your guy that you wanted really bad in the draft, Keaton Mitchell, finally got a chance. He rushed like nine times for 130-something yards, something like that. Why, why right? you got to bring that up, man? I, I'm, yeah. I'm still disappointed. That's I mean, Chris Rodriguez, it, I, I, I thought – he I thought he was going to start earning a bigger role, and then all of a sudden he's not seeing any playing time <laughs> yeah, as a right. running back. But uh, yeah, Keaton Mitchell, man, I've I fell in love with him. Anytime we did the mock drafts, I can take Keaton Mitchell and the the six. I was slamming. You, you, that. You're doing that every time, right? Uh, yeah, but I just think uh, the blueprint for the Ravens was obviously to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, look, the Ravens are a good team, um, and and they are. A team, the, the Ravens, I'm saying, are a team that can embarrass embarrass you 
And that's exactly what they did to uh, Seattle. And I mean, they ran for almost 300 yards. Think about that. They ran, Baltimore did, for almost 300 yards against this defense. Mm -hmm. But also, they ran the ball 41 times, Nathan. That's the difference in what Washington wants to do. Washington is not going to run the ball 41 times. Eric Bieniemy just refuses to do that. And you can talk all, all you want, and I talk about it, about these short passes being an extension of the run game. I get that. That is to an extent. But like I always say, Nathan, there's, a lineman likes nothing better than to go forward and hit a guy rather than going backwards and getting hit. And that's what running does as well. It gets those linemen in a groove. It gets them uh, psychologically, it gets them happy to know that they're going this way, that they're going forward. And I think that you're not doing that when you have a quick passing game. So sure. there's there's got to be that balance. we got to get away from this 50 sometimes throwing to 20 sometimes running the ball just for the sake of the overall balance of your offense. And I just don't know that Eric Bieniemy has it in him to do that. I mean, 41 times. He's not going to run. We we know he's not going to run. I mean, I, I just wish he would. I mean, Keaton Mitch, nine for 138. He's not, we, he's not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. And who, who's our yeah. Keaton Mitchell? You called uh, Brian Robinson a jag. I love Antonio Gibson, but he's not, he's not had a, a breakout game in Well, he's how been many used years? a lot more in the he offense. Has, uh, I, I told you Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I said it last year. And I was right yeah. last year, and I said it again this yeah. year. Antonio Gibson's going to be the best running back on this team, okay? By yeah. by metrics, right? He's going to because he is so versatile. All right, yeah. I get it that Brian Robinson's going to get the bulk of the carries, but when Antonio Gibson gets the ball, I just expect big things to happen. I'm let down ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> right, right. Okay, but that five percent—it's something special. It, it it's can something be special. It can be. He does some yeah. things out in that open field. I mean, there was one little dump off out to the end of the flat, and I think he gained like three yards or something, but he was behind the line of scrimmage when the guy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when hit first him. first contact just, was made, yeah. He did that spin move, and then he did a little juke move, and he got like four, three or four yards out of it when he could have actually lost a yard or so. So, yeah, I, get I do like Gibson as well, but. There's, there was actually another one. It was a running play because a lot of people don't like running Antonio Gibson, EP yeah. being one of them, especially when they run him between the tackles. And they were in the I formation. Arma whiffs his block. Yeah. And Antonio Gibson just Bounces, hit, right? hits another level and just yeah. gets, 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 I think, about eight or nine yards on that run. Yeah. And he had no right to. He had the guy in the backfield who was on top of him. He had like two guys in front of him, and he still yeah. picked up yards. And that's what you can get out of uh, um, Gibson when he's when he's running. And I agree Dom, with Dominique. I shared the the comment up there just a moment ago. Chris Rodriguez is I, is much better than I gave him credit for in draft day. He's much better than I was giving him credit for throughout yeah, the preseason. I, I'm not saying he's a world beater stoner. Don't yeah. think that I'm saying he's, that. He's, what what I do like about Chris Rodriguez's game that we've seen in season mm -hmm. is he puts one foot down and goes. So not even Brian Robinson does that. Brian Robinson's strength is the fact that he'll just drag guys. He'll just drag half the, the defense with him. Thanks, uh, 
for moving that over there. I just noticed it too. Yeah. No one called me out on it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we didn't move the graphics for our audio listeners. We didn't move that over. I'm getting really bad and and uh, we need to hire our producers what we need to do. Uh, anyways, the uh, Brian Robinson's strength is that he drags people, right? Like he yes. is just, he is a bruiser. And if he gets a head full of steam, he's definitely hard to bring down. Antonio Gibson's just deadly in space. And I and Chris Rodriguez's strength is he's he reminds me of the one-cut runners, like the zone block runners of the Shanahan systems. Because okay. he he is just really good at, like I said, he just he goes and he makes that one cut and he's gone. And he's gonna he's just gonna pick up yards. And that's what we've seen from him so far. Now we have it's only seen it in limited doses. I don't think that he's you know, the next coming of Clinton Portis or anything like that as a famous redskin one cut uh, Shanahan type runner. Yeah. But I do think that he has what it takes to be, you know, on on this team for a few years and potentially pick up mm. some yards because what he's not stoner so far, we've not seen it from Chris Rodriguez. He's not a he's not a replacement for Gibson. No. Okay, and that's what this team is going to need if they don't re-sign Antonio Gibson. Okay? Yeah, which this, with this off, probably not with offense, which but they might not. I got bad news for you, Nathan. Hmm. If Chris Rodriguez was not on this team, the team would not miss him. You're and, right. They'd get Jonathan Williams or Jonathan uh, Williams was just uh, re-signed. Not Frank Gore's son, <laughs> right? Derek Gore is still, I believe, on the practice squad. He is on the practice. Those squad. guys are just as capable as Chris Rodriguez. Sorry, Chris Rodriguez is nothing special. He's he's a jag. He's just another guy, and he's not special. And sure, can he do some things? Yes, but again, so can Jarrett Patterson. Sure, so can uh, Jonathan Williams. And he's fine. Good. He's he's a third string running back. Use him when it's needed or whatever. But let's not get carried away that he's some stud just waiting for his turn and he's the running back of the future. He's yeah. not. Sorry. Not, not, not at all. So let's move off from third string running backs and talk <laughs> okay. about some of the players yeah. who right. are going to have an impact. Gus bringing up here that the receivers need to get some credit for running back to Sam Howell when those mm-hmm. plays are extended. Our wide yeah. receivers, you said, and this is a big, I, I cannot express this more enough for our listeners here. Stoner praising our wide receivers over Seattle's mm-hmm. is, is, is something here. All right. This season. This no 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 this season. No 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 no. I said this season. Done. We you're praising our wide receivers over Seattle because and this is how this is why it's important, folks. This is this is why it's important because this man absolutely this way. Uh this man right here, he he loves himself some DK Metcalf. Yes, he he two years in a row has taken dk over terry yes so boo this man hold on do i have a boo button i think nope I'm you don't have a boo button see i told you you don't have one it doesn't it doesn't come <laughs> it doesn't through come sorry enough. well that's unfortunate yeah. but yeah the, boo this man <laughs> boo this man for taking dk metcalf over we we like um why did i just space on his name uh lawson la tyler lockett Lockett. I was like, it's an L name and an O sound. Couldn't get yeah. that. Tyler Lockett. Uh, we we both like Tyler Lockett. We think that he's a fantastic wide receiver. Yeah, he is. Um, but 
he's, but now he's a now, DJ more, by the way. He, he, yeah. Silent now, killer, man. Now, now I get to hear Stoner say Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, if he's healthy and, and Jahan Dotson are better than the wide receivers out in Seattle. I love it. I love it. I'm going to eat it I've up. I've said that. I've said that the combined three of them are top five in the league. The the combined three Washington receivers are top five in the league. And I always said I thought Seattle was right there, like six. And then when they got this rookie, when they drafted the kid from Ohio State, JSN, that dude can play too. Mm-hmm. So now they've got three dudes out there that are that you're going to have to deal with. But the problem with them right now, as has been the problem with Washington all these years and why you can't elevate Terry any higher, is because of their quarterback situation. Geno was really good last year, but this year he just hasn't been that good. So this year, yes, Washington, uh, I'll take Terry McLaurin over DK Metcalf this year, and just because of the quarterback situation. Our quarterback, greater than signed their quarterback this year. But in years past, that hasn't been the case. I would have taken last year's Geno Smith over Carson Wentz, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd take I, I would when have Russell taken, Wilson was there I would, over. There's a lot of people I would have taken over Carson Wentz. Don't right. get me started on that, especially because Trev's not here and I can go completely unhinged <laughs> right. on my Carson Wentz take. And then before that, you had Russell Wilson over Fitzpatrick slash Heineke, right? And before that, Russell Wilson over Alex Smith. So it's always been because of the quarterback has made those receivers better than our receivers. We can praise Terry all we want. We can keep saying he has these 80 catch years in a thousand yard seasons with terrible quarterbacks. Well, that's all we can judge him on. We can't judge him on how he's done with better quarterbacks until this year. Now he's got a better quarterback and now you can see how much better overall the receivers are than out in Seattle where they've got poopy quarterback this year and now their receiver numbers are down man we're going as far as to call him gino poopy come on gino has always been poopy he's gino yeah, had he's a good a, year last year he had a great oh, it year came out year. of nowhere he, and, he had a great year last year yeah and you you knew he was not going to be able to sustain that everybody I, knew that yeah well maybe not seattle who paid he didn't even money. outright win the job out of training camp last year yeah you remember it was the mm-hmm. coach. Was, it was a battle. Carol was like between him and Drew Locke. Yeah, he's like Drew Locke. Drew right. Locke was battling Geno Smith. Carol's like, at the I'm going to go season. with Geno Smith, but I'm not sure that game two is going to be not going to be Drew Locke. It could be, but then Geno had the great year. I wonder if there's that. He's there's not that a good of a quarterback. There, we we get to see Drew Locke. Washington's winning so big, we get to see Drew Locke. Well, I didn't see him last week, even though that's did, true. Did he that's play true. last week? I, no, I would have to not. look that up. I don't think he did. He did not. Tyler Huntley did for Baltimore because they were winning so bad. <laughs> Lamar got to take a seat. I mean, 37 to three. They had that's, six first downs. That's Nathan. a big one. Yeah, that's six. a big one. Let's let's uh, get back to this game and and uh, and less trash talking players there. Uh, Jerry Lopez here. Offensive line gives Hal the much needed extra half second edge, which is very long time for an NFL quarterback. And we've talked about how he's improved in that. Stoner, mm-hmm. the the Seattle defense has twenty seven sacks on yeah. the season so far. They're quote unquote uh, sack masters. 
are going to be Mafe coming from the linebacker position and Jaron Reed coming from the inside defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. How, how does this offensive line with Tyler Larson, with your man, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. handle those? Because we have seen some struggling from the offensive line, even this new retooled one on yeah. handling stunts or linebackers coming up the middle. Brian Robinson continues is going to continue losing snaps, by the way. He looks awful in pass protection. Pass pro, yeah. He is not he he his head was on a swivel and then he and, and, and then he got blew up. Like he, he just right. he has no clue where it's coming from. And by the yeah. time he recognizes he's on his backside, he does not look good in pass protection. Washington yeah. against the England Patriots. I saw this with the JT here because we're talking about the offensive line. They had seven people protecting Sam Howe. Patriots had four people rushing, and the four guys okay. got there because yeah. the the seven in protection just couldn't do anything. Like there was yeah. just that bad stoner. So tell me how Sam Howell is going to continue staying upright. You mentioned it only one sack, then he had you know, then he had three sacks. How is he going to stay upright with this offensive line? Well, they absolutely have to continue what they've done the last couple of weeks, which is they've got to get that ball out quick. Mm-hmm. And that has that has more than an effect on just that play. It has an effect on plays later on down because the linemen, they the defensive linemen, they don't much care for popping out of their stance to go get the quarterback and then a, a second and a half later the ball's gone and their play is over. Over and over and over again, they keep doing that. And after a while, they just kind of takes a little bit of their will away to kind of go after the quarterback unless they know it's an absolutely a passing down. So you have to continue with those short passes, those bubble screens, those slants, all of that. Get Sam moving out of the pocket. How many rollouts did they have? Planned rollouts. They had two or three of those in the game. But they have to do that better because if you watch, and yeah, of course, running the ball. I mean, if you watch this channel at all, you know, that's all we say is is run the ball. Uh, but they, that's how you're going to help this offensive line. Uh, again, the offensive line is probably slightly better than it was before with the two replacements. They're not great. They're still not great. You can throw all kinds of stats out at me. Sadiq Charles was getting all kinds of good stats and Wiley. Remember that one game they had like eight sacks and he had like an 80 something grade. I can't stand those PFF stats for, for judgment calls. So this offensive line hasn't been much better, but because of the scheme, they've looked a little bit better, but you're right. If they just drop back 50 times, and most of them are five and seven step drops. He's going to get sacked eight or nine times. That's going to happen. They can't do that. So that's how you overcome those deficiencies on the line. Yeah, I, I love this. I'm going to bring it back from uh, DMV Miss Hall here. So the Pats they blitz third most of the NFL. Seahawks 25th when it comes to blitzing. So DMV Mess Hall Ted here. I don't believe the pressure will be as bad this week. So one could help because. Not. Because the the more time Sam Howell gets, the better I feel. 
And well, even with the quick throws and everything like that, I think that, and I don't want him to get too much time because that has been, that was an Achilles heel early on the season, right? Mm-hmm. Rush four, bring back seven and force him to make decisions. Right. He's been making better decisions though, Stone. Right. Well, that's kind of what's going to be my point that if you don't bring that blitz, then you are going to have a lot, got, lot more guys out there in coverage, mm-hmm. which like you said, Sam has struggled with early on in the season, but He's improved in all these other areas. Why can't he improve in that area as well? Yeah. As Uptown Dre saying here, Sam seeing the field better, especially when he feels that pressure, then he steps in or out of the pocket, avoids making plays. You mentioned, and your person who you thought this offense was improving from was Eric Bienemy. Mm-hmm. So Eric Bienemy being able to call better plays against a seven drop back coverage will also come back in there. And we see, sure. we've seen this, I think, really over the last couple of weeks. And we've seen play design from Eric Bienemy where he's been scheming people open. He seemed to have struggle, I really would say, through the first five games, and wide receivers weren't getting separation, and there's this big issues and all this other things. These last couple of games, outside of the one touchdown to Jahan, which I still I keep watching that play, and I've watched it mm-hmm. all 22-4, and I've watched other people break it down. I still have not figured out why Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson were literally – Five yards, three yards apart. Did he freeze? Wait, you're back. Who froze? Did you freeze? Because I thought I was not frozen. (laughs) Hey, let us know who froze. I think Nathan froze. But you were right in the middle of saying you still don't understand. Still don't understand. The play calling has gotten better, but there was one play against the Patriots I just haven't figured out yet. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I've watched play breakdowns of this. I've seen it on the All-22 Tara McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson catches a touchdown, but those two guys are like three yards apart right. from each other. I just don't so figure out who ran the wrong route. I, I don't I don't understand it. Yeah. So, yeah. but outside of that, we've seen wide open wide receivers. And I like that. Yeah. Well, I think I think what you're gonna see in this game, watch for this in this game. Watch for a big game from Logan Thomas. That this is what I think because that's your that's your best friend in zone coverage right is a tight end who can find the holes in the zone that's what makes travis kelsey great right trap and being on the same page with uh mahomes of course uh oh so no freeze for me there okay but uh but watch for logan thomas finding the holes in those zones because they're not going to be blitzing anybody so Focus on that. Logan Thomas is probably going to get double-digit targets this week. Wow. Oh, targets. Targets. He's yeah, have well, at least ten targets. Yeah, the the drop passes these last couple games have been killer from this yeah. offense there. So that that has that has not helped here. So, sure. uh, Code Talker in the house here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Panel, does B Rob have a place in this offense? We've mentioned several times, Eric Bainey's just not going to run it. It doesn't matter if the team is 32nd and uh, and mm. rush defense. They give up yeah. 400 yards on the ground. You're going to see 20 carries, and that's going to be it. So with that, with a bruising running back that Brian Robinson is, because mm-hmm. he he is definitely a downfield type runner, right? You get him some, you get him ahead of steam, and he's just plowing over guys. You know, but he's not really a space runner. He's not really this dynamic stretch runner. So, mm-hmm. does he have a place in the Eric Beanie offense? 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna. I mean, that's. Does he have a place for in this offense? Of course he does. Does he have a starring role in this offense? Absolutely not. Just kind of if you want to know about Eric Bieniemy and what he likes to do, just go back and look at those Chiefs teams. When they had a special running back like a Kareem Hunt, he was he was a guy who got the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. He got a lot in the passing game, especially. But if he just had regular running backs back there, then they they're not featured. Eric Bieniemy is going to feature his quarterback and his receivers and his tight end. So no, as long as Eric Bieniemy is the uh, offensive coordinator and Sam Howell is the quarterback, a guy he trusts to throw the ball fifty times a game, then no, B Rob is not going to be have a major role in this offense. He'll continue to do what he's done, which is what averages ten carries a game, maybe. I don't even Roughly, know what his yeah. averages. Let me go. I got his stats right here. He has rushed the ball. 113. 113. Carries. Yeah. In in nine games. Do the math. It's it's over 12, 10 11. yards a carry, but yeah, it's it's not much no, over the 10, carries yeah, 10 per yards game. A carry. Yeah. So yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count on him being a major part of this offense. You're not gonna have a guy like you used to who's gonna run the ball 20, 25, 30 times a game. You, that's just not in Eric Bieniemy's DNA. Sure, but unless he's got a special player, which he's we Brandon mentioned, right? And he need a couple more of those I formation runs that yeah. we've been seeing. And then Dominique here with why bring in Arma fullback if running the ball isn't a priority? Just keep him honest. Just keep the defense honest. We are going to run the ball sometimes from I formation, and we're going to show it to you just so that we're not running out the same formations every time, four receivers, sometimes five receivers. You just got to give different looks. So we we showcased um, Armaugh in one of our videos, and he was in for nine snaps. And seven of those snaps, they ran the ball for 31 yards, I believe, like a little over four-yard average. And three of those seven runs were for first downs. It's effective. It's an effective play to run out of I formation with a fullback. It's just, it has been for 75, 100 years of football. It's an effective play, but that's just not in his DNA. Well, uh, five I formation snaps last week. DMV asking for some more of yeah, those as good. well. Maybe we'll chart those next week. That'll be next week's chart, assuming we have some to chart. Maybe this is that wrinkle. Where where Eric Bainemy brings it in and then drops it completely, hmm. like like screenplays on second down, second and first down against. Yeah, Denver. Alex Armaugh has not been active for every game. Yep, and so they haven't had a fullback, but for maybe three games this year that he's been active. So it's not like it's something that um, is a big part of the offense. Uh, I think it's just been an evolution of these last two weeks of Eric Bieniemy deciding that he needs to do something different rather than drop Sam Howell back 50 something times a game and just try to sling it all over the field. That wasn't working and it wasn't working against good defenses and it wasn't working against bad defenses. So even though, for example, uh, we want him to run the ball this week because uh, Baltimore ran the ball 41 times last week for almost 300 yards. Well, we wanted to run the ball against the Giants, who had the 30th ranked rushing defense, and he refused to do it. 
and they get they scored seven points against one of the worst defenses in the league. But the last couple of weeks, he has adjusted. Hopefully, he continues to. I just don't want to see him go back to what he's been doing at the beginning of the year, which was just dropping back so many times. It just hasn't been successful. Not with this offensive line and not with the quarterback who takes a lot of sacks. Well, uh, Yam here, not impressed with the tight ends. You saying Logan Thomas is going to have double-digit targets this one. Mm-hmm. I believe somebody on this panel here said that our tight ends were not good. I am going to lose my season-long dollar-dollar. Logan Thomas already has 311 yards. Yeah, what was it, 400? 400. I didn't think we are going to have one, one tight end that crossed 400 yards. Yeah. Mainly because I thought that they, Cole Turner was going to be playing more of a, a role. Right. And they were just going to spread the ball around. Uh, so I'm going to lose that, but I'm going to win the war stoner because I'm yeah. with Yam. Our tight ends are not great. The tight ends I, are... I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair to Logan Thomas. What are his, his you think he's great? projected stats? You think he's great? No, you said they haven't been good. No, I said they've not been great. Mm. I said our roster. I, I said our tight that? ends are not good. Our tight ends are not good. They have okay, not that's been what great. you said. They are good. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thomas is good. I'm sorry. Okay. He's good. 33 receptions so far for 311 yards. Let's just double that. That'd be 66 and 600 yards. That's mid. That's good. That's mid. Right. You said How he's not this? good. That's mid. How is mid good? Mid is good. Mid is good. Mid is average. Mid is okay. <laughs> right. Mid is Logan Thomas. Mid is throwing tight end screens to Logan Bates. Okay. I, or John Bates. But you I got I got by my whole life on being mid, on being good. I'm not great at anything. I got mid grades in school. I got mid performance reports my whole life. I got by on being good. And I <laughs> so I'm going to say that's that's where that's a good level to be at. Don't knock the goods. Yeah. So Brandon uh asking could uh or saying could even get creative with Turner or Bates as an H back out of the I formation use their size in the flats even three we've actually seen that that's actually normally before bringing Armagh in you would see one of the tight ends move into that fullback position or yeah more, more like that there. h-back yeah yeah they're they're motioning kind of in there it was kind of offset bit. not necessarily yeah. an eye formation but you you are going to see uh some of that um i hope so dominique thomas is not great but he's reliable and i agree and and there's nothing wrong with with the stoners of the world that's right okay who there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, I think that's what everyone gets misconstrued, especially because long, like when this channel first started, right? We had decidedly mediocre was yeah. the term of the season. And For that's Logan. what I used yeah. to describe Logan yeah. Thomas is decidedly mediocre. And there's, sure. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's when people think so highly of a player and someone calls him decidedly mediocre or not great, you know, he's not even like good. I mean, He's he's fine. If we had better tight ends in this offense, I would think this offense could really explode. And I'm not trying to say I made a comment on Twitter yeah. that Armani Rogers is that guy. I do think Armani Rogers is the guy you can throw a tight end screen to. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. And he Rather could be than. 
yeah, he could be somewhat productive in this offense, but let's not get carried away. The guy's not a world beater. If he was a world beater, he would you know be on somebody else's roster more than likely. So yeah. Washington maybe needs to take you know a tight end in the draft there, but it is yeah. it is what it is. Now, didn't he miss a game? Didn't he miss a game with a concussion? Right, Logan Thomas did miss. miss yeah, he did miss it. And uh, I sorry, I didn't bring this one up there, but somebody. Someone lo- metaphor. There we go. Logan can't jump more than six, six inches. Drops can't run out of the catch. Molasses. I will say this about him: he did leap the heck out of a player. Was mm-hmm. it last week against the Patriots or was it against the Eagles? I don't know. He completely just yeah, he just Eagles. he just noped somebody. Somebody went for the tackle and he was like, nope, yep. and right over them. But uh, yeah, he's not fast. You remember the big catch target. against he's Denver? I think it was Denver. Remember when he got popped in the end zone in the head? Maybe it was the first game. It was Arizona. I can't remember. You remember that when he got absolutely Denver. crushed? It was Denver when he got crushed. Yeah. Yeah. It was that guy who ended up getting suspended, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That uh, I can't remember his name for Denver. Doesn't but yeah, matter. He didn't drop it. He didn't mm-hmm. drop it. He held that ball. Look, mm-hmm. he's not great. And yes, you want to replace him in the offseason, uh, possibly this offseason, and get somebody more dynamic. But I mean, if I told you that, a tight end for this team would have 65 catches and 600 yards and probably six TDs. You'd be like, okay, that's good. You wouldn't be like, Oh, that's not very good. Tight end play. That's the middle of the pack. It's probably, he's probably going to finish. I bet, I bet you this, I bet you he finishes. Yeah. I don't want to find it. Top 10 in, in catches. For, Top for 10 catches. Ends. Oh, so we're not even going to put yards to it. We're going to put catches. Yeah. Catches. Such a lame oh, thing okay, if he's catch, catching like right. three catches yards. for yards as well. Both. Yards I bet as well. for tight ends. I bet you he finishes top 10. I mean, I know he's going to be really close, but that's top 10. That's top 70% of the league, 70% ish of the league. You'd take that. Would you not take that? A top 10 tight end? In terms uh, of production, sure, sure. I think tight ends are are. I love the tight end position. I think they're very underutilized, and in, in fantasy, I think that they're worthless. I think that 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 should go away in, in fantasy. But here we here's the top ten receiving yard leaders. Okay, in tight For ends tight currently: ends. Travis Kelsey, T.J. Yep. Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Evan Ingram, Sam Laporta, John New Smith, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts. How many did we get up to? That's probably 10 right there. That's nine, I think. Nine. Uh, so Darren Waller, Cole Kemet. Where do you think Logan Thomas is on this? 12, 13, 14. Further Somewhere down. You got right, Schultz, is- Kincaid, Ferguson, Njoku, then Thomas. All right, 15th right now. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm just trying to say. He's... he's 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 mid. By the way, he is he's higher up on the catches. He's got 33 catches there. So he's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He is twelfth in catches at least. So there you go. Okay, I'm predicting by the end of the year, he will be top ten, and that's what that's really all you can ask of a 31 year old molasses dropper can't jump <laughs> over people. That he's uh, fine. Yeah, he's, he's metaphor said. Yeah, he he yeah. again, he's mid and there's nothing wrong with that. You need a you right. need a roster that has mid guys, okay? You need decidedly mediocre guys. What but it's just you know we need somebody someone maybe a little bit more dynamic there. 
Uh, JG is thinking of Jordan Reed here. Jordan Reed was fantastic. Oh yeah, that's with that's healthy. a different level. Yeah, uh, he yeah. he honestly, if he didn't have the concussion issues, which mm-hmm. are very serious and very much a reason for him to retire early, if if he didn't have those issues and he stays on the field, he is in the discussion for probably a top ten tight end of all time. Like he yeah. he was just a monster. Every, anytime he was on the field, that guy was just so good. The catches he would make, the runs, he was very dynamic. But and we I, don't have a Jordan Reed. I remember the the last uh the last season he was here and he was having just an amazing training camp and preseason. He was just killing it, catching everything. I mean, this is back probably Kirk Cousin years. Um and then in the last game of the preseason, what happened? Somebody hit him right in the head, concussed, missed a whole bunch of games, and it was over. He was, he was, yeah, he was a potential Hall of Famer. He had the Hall of Fame talent, but man, those concussions, too bad. Well, we have more to talk about here. Paul is bringing it right home. What do we think about Washington against Seattle? Let's see those score predictions as we head into the cool down here on Ref the District.